What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Bruce Irving. Today, Bruno from Pizzeria Bruno in Orlando is joining me on the podcast. This is a fun conversation. We talked about getting started in the pizza business, what kind of pizzeria we would open if we were going to get started today, if we could put our pizza-making hat on and be like, you know what? This is the pizza shop we want to do as people who love making pizza. We talk about marketing, what's working today. I give you a few tips. What other sources of revenue Bruno is implementing in his business to kind of make sure that whatever happens in the future, he's not solely dependent on the people who walk into his restaurant. I think that's really important as we move forward. Great conversation. Great episode of the podcast, if I do say so myself. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. If you haven't yet, sign up for our email. It's a daily email, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash daily email. It doesn't necessarily go out every single day, but it's four to five times a week. If I have a tip, a strategy, a thought, something to share with you that I think will help grow your business or get make you smarter about marketing in less than two minutes. They're really short emails, not selling anything. It's just an email with information. Go to the website, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash email if you want to join in on that. You can also check out our mastermind group that's open again it's application only you got to go to the website you got to fill out the application but there's a ton of value in it you get all of our access to all of our courses two monthly calls with me private facebook group private slack channel me helping you with your specific marketing for your business there's a lot changing there's a lot we're going to talk about in this episode that a lot of people aren't doing you know i scroll through instagram and tiktok and facebook and i see a lot of restaurant owners doing things that are just silly and don't work. And no wonder why a lot of you think social media don't work because you're terrible at it. No offense, but listen, that's understandable. There's a lot of people who can't make good pizza either. That's what you're for. You hire you or you go to your restaurant to get a good pizza or a good whatever it is you sell. And if you want to get help with marketing, you go to somebody who's good at marketing. So go to our website, check out all the details over there, sign up for whatever you want. All the links are there, smartpizzamarketing.com. Before we get into today's podcast, I have to say thank you to a couple of the sponsors that make this show possible. Today's podcast is brought to you by Smithfield Culinary. Their margarita product line delivers authentic Italian flavor. They use high-quality meat products, and I actually use these when we operated our pizzeria, the margarita pepperoni, and they're fantastic. The other thing that I really like is they offer the popular cup and char pepperoni, which is those pepperonis that the edges kind of curl up as you cook it. It gets a little crispy on the outside, nice and juicy in the middle. I love it. They provide a wide range of meats, including salami, capicola, prosciutto, mordella, pancetta, all everything you need for your pepperoni and meat toppings whether you're doing pizza or a charcuterie board it's perfect they have all kinds of recipes videos everything you need over at smithfieldculinary.com forward slash margarita and the other thing they offer is consistent money saving rebates so go check it out visit smithfieldculinary.com forward slash margarita to get in on the savings and learn a little bit about pepperoni also check out fierogroup.com fiero ovens if you're looking for ovens or dough management, so many resources available over on their website, fierogroup.com, formerly Fort Sifoni. Go check them out. They will be at the Pizza Expo this year as well. If you want to go check them out, stop by their booth. Their booth is always buzzing. Great ovens, 
operating. You can check it out. They have a lot of great demos, a lot of great pizzaiolas stopping by, creating great pizzas. So if you want to go, if you are headed to the Pizza Expo, be sure to stop by their booth. FieroGroup.com is their website. Tons of great resources available over there. All right, let's get into today's episode. Appreciate you listening. We'll see you on the other side. All right, welcome back to the podcast. My friend, Chef Bruno, is joining me on the podcast from Pizza Bruno in Orlando, one of my favorite pizzerias. Actually, it's probably my favorite pizzeria in Orlando when I visit down there. So, Chef Bruno, thank you so much for joining me again. Thanks, thanks. Good to, good to be back. We've been on, you've been on the podcast talk. a few times, so it's always good to chat with you. And I'm always jealous when you come on the podcast because I am in shitty, cold Boston and you're in nice, sunny Orlando. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, for February, it's exceptionally warm. Uh, I think it's going to supposed to get up to ninety at the tail end of this week. I might just delete this podcast right now. Oh man, uh, should we do this in person next it. time? We'll do it in person in our, in your in Pizza Bruno. Yeah, totally. So I know you've been on the podcast before, and we've talked about your background a little bit. But like, give everybody an update. What's going on? I haven't talked to you since this whole. I don't think I've talked to you on the podcast since the whole lockdown of society for the last two years but give everybody an update like what's been going on with you what are you up to uh all right so i think the last time we did talk before the pandemic uh so in that time frame obviously we did a big switch to a lot more takeout we actually did a a renovation and expansion of our existing space we added a a whole new uh wood uh, wood fired pavese oven uh to handle uh our takeout volume for pizzas uh, a separate entrance just for takeout. It's all connected, but it's a separate entrance to alleviate the bottlenecking we used to have and make it a little bit more understandable of where you get your takeout. So we've been doing that. Uh, we struggled through a lack of labor. Then we are now dealing with plenty of employees, but a way higher pay rate. Uh, I was doing the math and our average line cook rate has gone up 30% or is it thirty percent? A thirty percent since about a year ago. Wow. That's our av- our average cost. Now is that because you're trying to attract people, or that's just the going rate? That's kind of the going rate, and you know, it's how do you get people to work? Right. You know, for anything less than, and I, and I get it. I mean, I was a line cook forever, so yeah. You know, I don't have a problem with it. I think uh, it's it's okay, and it's just the natural progression. I, I read somewhere it's, you know, it's it's kind of high time that food isn't you know, a subsidized industry with cheap labor and you have to pay for what you get sort of thing. Um, So dealing with that, I've also found new uh, revenue streams and new ways to bring uh, business to Pizza Bruno and my other projects, which have been a lot of uh, classes, been teaching a lot of classes at a local um, kind of boutique, uh, but they have like a classroom space in the back and they have a beautiful outdoor space. So we've been actually this Saturday we did, I think it was Saturday, uh, we did two uh, pizza making classes. This was the second round of two. And then we have another two coming up in March. And we have a whole a slate of classes scheduled for the next, I think, three or four months until it gets too hot, which is about June. Wow. I think we'll take a break from June, excuse me, July and August. But we're going to mix it up. We did pizza making. We did pasta making. Um we're going to do some cast iron cooking classes, some wood fired cooking classes. We're going to do uh, an uni specific class because a lot of people are buying unis yeah. and rock boxes and stuff for home use. So we're, we have a lot of stuff going on. I personally have a lot of stuff. Our catering company's killing it uh, that we have a wedding tonight for 60 people. It's, it's small, but, you know, we we stay busy and uh, I'm that close to opening Pizza Bruno number two. Really? Where are you going to open it? 
Uh, I can't really say because you know the ink's not on paper. It's we're close finalized. to your original one, or uh, outside uh, in or it, in Florida, obviously. It's in Florida. Yeah, it's in a it's in a different neighborhood. It's about if you were to drive on the wonderful uh, highways of Orlando, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's about. Uh, I drive my kid to school there every day, so if you know me, you know exactly where I go. Uh, it's about 15 minutes north uh, west. Okay. So it's not far, but it's far enough to where we will capture a lot of ca- uh, guests that don't want to make the drive all the way to the Curry Ford location. And the neighborhood, I feel, is it is saturated with pizza restaurants. I will say that, but they are a little tired. <laughs> and the, the Italian food there, a little tired. So while somebody's going to say, no doubt, oh, do we really need another pizza place in this neighborhood? I'm going to say yes, because all of them are crap. What, so, what style, Is it going to be similar to one you have now? Yeah. So it's a little smaller. Um, this space we're looking at is 1,400 square foot inside and another about 400 outside in a small covered patio. The cool thing about this space, it will have a, a actual a hood, like a kitchen. We don't have that at Pizza Bruno. We only have the wood-fired oven, and we've only been able to uh, use induction burners and stuff for any, like, saute or anything. Yeah. But we really only do that one night a week, which is tonight. I go in tonight. I'm doing pasta night tonight, so I'll, I'll be the one cooking pasta. Uh, but at this location, we have a full hood, which I'm super excited about, and we'll be able to offer a full-time pasta program along with some other kind of chef-driven items. I'm excited about that because we're, we're not to say we're limited at Pizza Bruno, but we are known for things that we have to have. Right. And it's such a machine that I cannot really – it's hard to change the parts. It's moving so um, – it's going forward so fast. It just – you know, we change a dish here and there. I can't take off what we have, and we're currently kind of like maxed out on what we can do. So, this is going to be cool because it's it's going to be limiting in certain ways, but I'm also excited because I get to have this other portion that I think is going to be very successful and and a nice addition to what we already have. So and your pizza's your pizza's not New York style. It's not Neapolitan. It's like a combination of the yeah. Two. Yeah, it's that, you know, popularized new Neapolitan style that, you know, started with, you could say, the Robertas of the world and, yeah. you know, kind of the Robertas, Poly G's, that whole Brooklyn, you know, new wood-fired pizza thing. And, and you know, that's what we've done uh, from the start. And we've evolved and evolved and evolved to where we are now, which I think we're doing better pizza now than we've ever done. I love so. that. How did you get, uh, like, so these classes that you're doing, I think you shared it on your Instagram like the, you showed mm-hmm. like kind of like behind the scenes a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Chef, what is your Instagram handle, by the way? Uh, so Pizza Bruno is official Pizza Bruno. Yeah, that's that's the that's the work. That's Instagram. the main business, though, right? What, it, that is the business. Yeah, yeah. my personal one's uh, Flying Zucchini seventy one. That. <laughs> that's, that's a great name. I, I come from a circus family, the famous Flying Zucchinis. So, are you serious? Or are you messing with me? No, I'm totally serious. <laughs> that's fantastic. How do you think uh, Italian kid ended up in Florida? Came with the circus. Ah, there you go. Sarasota. Not yeah. a bad place to be, though, I have to say. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I loved your – I always, I always like, chuckled every time I saw your Instagram handle, Flying Zucchini. It's, forget, it's yeah. very memorable, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, but that's the family uh, – that was the family act. That's great. Human, human cannonballs. So you shared behind the scenes of your cooking classes. How did you get started with that? Was that something that you've always wanted to do, or was that, like, coronavirus thing kind of pushed you in that direction? Uh, no, actually, it was neither. Um, so my wife really enjoyed shopping at this uh, – 
boutique. It's called House on Lang. It's a small boutique tucked behind um, some businesses on Mills 50, which is really popular, trendy little area in Orlando. Yeah. And she saw they were doing classes for just random stuff. And she's very into she handles my PR now. So okay. I'll, I'll, my, my wife, Leela, she handles all my PR all she has handled the Instagram now, which I did for years, years and years and years. I handed off to her. She so she handles all that and all the, the marketing and PR on that side. And so she saw they were doing classes and she's like, wow, that'd be really cool, you know, if maybe you taught a class and come up with some ideas. So I shot some ideas at her and and we picked some off the list and we did a like charcuterie board building class before Thanksgiving as sort of like a quick holiday you know, what are you going to bring the Thanksgiving kind of thing? Right. And so we started with that and it sold out immediately. So that was like, okay, so there's interest. And then we did another in December for uh, tortellini. So my family tradition for Christmas is tortellini and brodo, which is a very Northern kind of Italian thing. And so we did that and sold those out pretty quickly. And it was two sets of, I think, 14 people per class. And we do that in one day. And then, January, we didn't do anything. I think like they might they just every yeah. the, the weeks blur, and we were coming up with some ideas like you know Valentine's Day. I'm like I, I don't really look at it as like oh we're gonna make a ton of money at the restaurant or it's a big deal. Uh, so we had this idea of like well let's do a pizza making class because I've done one at the shop before it worked out okay yeah and. But so we're like, well, let's try that again and let's do it at this place. So we did. They sold out in 20 minutes to uh, two sets of classes, uh, 18 people per 18 uh, people per class. So it was a couple's thing. So that's what we build it as is a couple's experience. So we booked two classes and we booked another two. And then we're going to do another two in March for overflow. People love being, just, like, taking classes about making pizza, huh? Uh, everything. It's I didn't realize that it was such a a thing. I I, I wouldn't go. <laughs> I you know I, I'm well, around. You're different. Time, right? Like we would yeah, do it at home. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I might go to a pizza expo uh, management class. Right. right, right. Like this is exciting, guys. You know, this is where where the real uh, meat and potatoes is, right? But no one wants to go to that. But if you're a banker or an accountant or a plumber and you want to learn how to make pizza at home because you see it all over the internet now, yeah. like you got to yeah. go learn from somebody. Yeah. So, and like I said, back to what people were doing during the pandemic, there, a lot of people were baking bread yeah. and cooking at home more more so than ever. So this is like attached to that natural progression people made to cooking more at home and wanted to kind of get deeper into stuff that they really didn't have time for before. Uh, so that was really successful. And we just, you know, we kill it. You know, we go out, we teach two classes, two hours per class with an hour break. And then we do another um, to our class. And it's really simple. We just bring out the wood fired oven. We have them, you know, stretch dough, we top it. Uh, we have my guys there helping through the whole process and they help them cook it and they eat their pizza that they make. And then we also do a fresh mozzarella demo and they do, we do fresh mozzarella, you know, pulled and then a tomato salad with like local tomatoes and this, uh, basil that's being grown for us right now with, out of a local farm. And, yep. People were like, wow, you just ruined mozzarella for me. I was like, <laughs> you know, when you have it fresh, like warm mozzarella with like really good, it, people were just like, whoa, I didn't know it could be that good. So it's all in all, it was, it's a really good experience. And I mean, fun for me because it's a little different uh, as far as just getting out of the normal 
you know, the restaurant routine and, you know, doing the catering thing or the restaurant thing. It's just something different that while is, you know, related to the restaurant, it's just a different revenue stream. And I think that's important as a owner operator to, to find that because you can only, there's so much, so much juice you could squeeze out of the lemon. Right. And it's like Groundhog Day, right? Like every day is the same pretty much. Monday's Monday, Tuesday's Tuesday. It's like a never-ending cycle of those days. And you need to be Uh stimulated as an owner to do something different. I always like – that's what burnt me out is because Mm -hmm. it was so much the same routine every day. And after a while, you're like, oh, my God, someone kill me. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's that's really – you know, the struggle is is how do you stay interested – in something that is so routine and and let's face it man a lot of it is not fun like um, (laughs) i I, you know i'm i'm not not trying to be a a debbie downer but you know owning and operating a business a restaurant is a bummer a lot of times just it's difficult you know not to say it's not rewarding because it is but it's also you know stressful and so time consuming and and it really is upsetting a lot of times you know when you have people and bills and you know all the stuff you know you forget why you do it yeah. you know like i really like the idea of the simplicity of you know being that line cook and and you know just i just have to worry about this and the, the pizza and while it might seem like a lot it's really so simple or even like a lot you see a lot of people doing pizza pop-ups now with unis mm-hmm. or gauze and you're mm-hmm. like that's great because you just can go wherever you want, not go wherever you want but like you could set it up when you want yeah. wherever you want and you're like you just make pizza you sell them and you're done yeah, there's oh man, there's a beauty in that simplicity, and you really don't have all the stuff that comes along with it, and you know, it you know it's. But then again, like would I go back to that? No, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't go back. I because I did. I started with yeah. a you know a food cart you know over a decade plus ago, and uh, I've been in restaurants my whole life, and I, that was my first foray into ownership was a, a singular thing, which was just me and. You know, I've ran kitchens. I've worked in kitchens my whole life, and you know, I finally progressed into you know from pop ups and to a full scale restaurant. It's just a different ball game. I like your and, restaurant too. Your restaurant is different. Like you, you know, you 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 put your personality into it when it comes to how the restaurant feels when you walk in. It's not, it's not what every pizzeria is like. It's very much you in like your style. Yeah. Yeah, well, didn't have any money. I just had stuff laying around. So <laughs> that's how that's how it ended up like that. You know, somebody was like, "Wow, I think somebody else." Uh, we had that same discussion. It was the Pizza Today podcast. We're like, "Oh, we're looking. We've never been there, but we're looking at interior and pictures of it. And it's very it seems very unique and original." And it's like, "How did we get there?" And I said, "Well, I opened and I had no money, but I had a lot of stuff that I've collected over the years and just kind of added to the character and just stuff I like." So, as you can see, all the this is my home office. This is just stuff that I've had framed over the years. I had my mom was a professional art framer for a long, long time. So I would just buy stuff yeah. and, and send it to her. And, you know, I would just pick up cool art that I liked. And so that's how that kind of came about and just piecing it together as we went. But it makes you feel cozy and like it makes you feel like some restaurants you go in and it's too, too organized and too like thought out versus like just making you feel like you're at your house kind of eating dinner and a good pizza that's it makes you feel more comfortable yeah no i i get it you know it's uh that's that's the thing right it's like you have that cookie cutter look yeah and that very straightforward kind of predetermined thing which is great it's that's great that's good for people to operate in that sense um i did a 
uh, I just did a consultant consultancy project in Aruba of all places. Really? Yeah, I was there for two weeks. This Damn, talk about a nice place to do a consulting job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it, if you have a chance, go down. It is. I've been really twice awesome. to Aruba. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. A lot of people, I think there was a lot of people from Boston there. They were saying that. At least there were some people there that I was like overhearing. They were all from Boston. Yeah, so I've been twice. I haven't been in a long time, but I've been twice. It's a beautiful place. Oh, it's awesome. I just didn't know what to expect and I really enjoyed it. But. The, the clients I worked for, they they operate predominantly with franchises. They have a ton of franchises. And so this is their first independent. And they chose pizza. Uh, and it's surrounded by a lot of pizza places. So I was surprised they chose pizza. But they all really enjoy pizza. Uh, but it's funny because, you know, how they, they didn't really have a set box to work within. So there's a lot of decisions that have to be made that aren't made for them. So I was watching kind of this process happen. And it's interesting. You know, they came from this franchise model where it's set this right. is how it is day one and i'm there i'm like well we have to move this like this because this just doesn't work you know like, <laughs> what? Like, it was it was fun but it's fun it's a it, it's a it was a good deal down there and i hope to go back soon so we'll see i was just talking to a podcast the other day about that and like there's two different models you can have if you want to open a pizzeria because a lot of people who listen to this podcast are like especially in the last couple of years are people who have started to make pizza at home and they're like all right you know maybe this is something i want to do for a living and there's i think there's two different categories there's do you really like making pizza and then you can do one style or do you just want to do it to make money and if yeah you want, just want to do it to make money maybe the franchise model is more for you because everything's set up for you like the mm -hmm. systems the the layout the backing the you know everything you need to run the business to just be profitable is just based on volume and it's set up but if you like making pizza that's probably not the way to go because you, your hands are really tied mm -hmm. yeah. yeah 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 totally totally uh and that's the thing right like why are you in this business yeah money or i mean you know you can make money independently for sure it's just a harder longer path i feel like to get there it's not and it's not guaranteed like there's no guarantee especially nowadays like 20 years ago when i was operating you know you could make a lot of money it was way mm -hmm. easier because you know credit cards weren't as big a thing you know yeah. it, it, just the expenses weren't as high there wasn't as much competition people the internet was a thing but only if you were a nerd it wasn't yeah. like for the normal person so like nobody really knew what was out there and mm -hmm. they didn't know what good quality stuff was so it's way harder now to do it i i totally can picture that oh man i i have to say operating um a restaurant in today's environment is so hard uh, for so many different reasons from like everything you said down to like you said the labor yeah you know the labor cost and the cost of goods and you have to navigate that and you know you have like for me i come from a chef fine dining background so i have to look at like i only want to buy the best stuff and i only do like i really strive to go that route but you know you have to tell somebody you're going to charge them $20 for a pizza. That's a 12 inch pizza. And they look at you like you have three heads and I go, well, you know, I guess you got, there's literally a do, uh, little Caesars a block away. So you can go get a hot and ready. I mean, <laughs> it's hard, you know? right? because those yeah. same people that don't want to pay $20 for that pizza want or are advocates for people to make a living wage in every job they have, which I'm fine with, but the the other side the other side of that coin is if that's the case then everything we buy is going to be more expensive and you have to not complain about that yeah 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 well you know that that's kind of 
you know, I was a little, so I actually did a price raise like last, was it last week or two weeks ago? Yeah. I didn't do one through the entirety of COVID. I didn't raise any prices all the way till September of 21. So you just absorbed it all. Yeah. Absorbed everything. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was what it was. I didn't think it was necessary and I kind of didn't, it wasn't on my mind. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know why it just wasn't, it wasn't apparent at the time. And in 2021, September, we only did a couple dollars here and there, like a dollar here, a dollar there. Uh, then last two weeks ago, we did a, a, almost 20% across. Did the people board. freak out or? No, that's good. We had a couple. We had a couple people say, "Oh, the prices were high." We had a couple people say, "Wow, I- I'm glad you did that. It's been, I can't believe you've been selling things so cheap for really? so long." Yeah. Wow. That's I was great. like. Oh, okay. That makes you like, damn it! Why did I do it way earlier? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not in that, you know, I'm not in that mindset. Yeah. I, I rarely think about, you know, numbers and me are not my, you know, it's not my favorite thing. But, but the thing was too, we also did some comparable market research. So we looked at some places that I know for a fact don't use great ingredients, and I was doing some comparables. I'm like, dude, they're charging twelve bucks for their, you know, mixed green italian salad and i'm like dude we're charging nine and we use local organic greens you know like that are so much higher quality same thing with our tomatoes and and i just was like you know what we have to because like i was saying earlier our our line cook average cost has gone up average is 30 percent. that's our across the board average so we were at 12 a year ago and we're at 16. It's yeah, I mean it's crazy. Yeah, it, but you look at McDonald's. Even you go to McDonald's now. You go. I mean, not that I go there often, but mm-hmm. if you do go there and you like get two meals, it's like twenty bucks. Yeah. So yeah, nothing is cheap anymore. So you got to no. make sure that you could cover your costs, and and I think that's a more sustainable business over the long term. Yeah. Well, I couldn't get. You can't get people to work uh, for anything less, and I think that's fair too. Like just from my perspective as a line cook of the past, you know, I worked for you know, pennies. Yeah. A lot of hours of my life. Same with me. When I first started making pizza, I worked at Pizzeria Regina. I'm calling them out. I worked at Pizzeria Regina here in Boston. I made like $4 and 50 cents an hour making pizza. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I think my, sorry, I'm just going to add a little light here. I mean, it was a long ass time ago. They're not like that anymore. I'm an old man. So it was a long time ago, but I'm just saying like, that was my first job making pizza. It wasn't glamorous or anything. No, no. I think my first job on the counter, I was 13. It was you know, five fifty an hour in Jersey. Yeah. I worked 75 hours a week. It was great. It was like, it was awesome. Yeah. I was like, this is the best thing ever. You know, I got a little tips, you know, here yeah. and there, but, but that was for years. I mean, my last line cook job, I was getting paid 12 bucks an hour and that was a big deal. And that was, uh, about 10 years ago. Yeah. So, so that's not that long it, ago. Really? It's not. So you got to think, I mean, leaps and bounds from, and I was, that was at a fine dining restaurant. Like I was responsible for a lot of stuff. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's just evolving with the times. Yeah, know. for sure. So do you use, like, social media? I know you, we talked a little bit before we got on here about you getting into TikTok. Are you going to use those platforms to kind of talk about what makes you different so that way when people do come in, they're not asking about the prices, they know all about it? Yeah, so that was a good point. Um, what we did when I did do the price raise, you could see it's on my Instagram as just a, uh, just a, a photo collage kind of thing, like a, a gallery or whatever. So we... When I did the price raise, I announced it. I wasn't trying to hide the fact that we did raise prices. And I made a point to take a picture of like, hey, here's our, you know, DOP 
uh, wheel of parm that we break down and we put in our like garlic knot sauce. Like, you know, like it's not out of the bag. You know, this is what's right. going on your pizza. This is going on all your things that our pecorino or our ricotta. We took a picture of all these things and incorporated that into the post as a sort of like and i actually took some snippets from some web some websites of local pizzerias comparable items and their prices like and just put it all in there so you could all see like hey i'm raising our prices to what is comparable right and this is what we're using so by all means like you want to tell me it's too expensive Okay, so you're going to pay the same price and walk down the street and get something that's of a lesser quality. Like that's fine with me too. But you got to pick who you want as your clientele too, right? Like that's yeah. the, that's if you try to please everybody, it's going to mm. end up you're going to end up being miserable. Yeah. So I'm going to call I'm going to call out a little bit of a bit that I was dealing with with some clients was that they were trying to do a lot of that. Yeah. At the start, and I've said you can't do that. You cannot listen to everybody and try to make adjustments all the time. You will never succeed and you'll always, always be chasing that. Yeah. Well, you know, that, 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 whatever that is. I don't know what that is. And I was guilty of it too at the start. Like, yeah, me I too. Please everybody. But, you know, you, you just can't. And, and honestly, it's, it's just a wasted effort because you'll find your clientele. Yep. And they will be, you know, diehard fans. And you'll have people that just isn't for them. And that's cool too. Like, I don't. I'm fine with that. Like I like my places and there's places that I don't eat at because I'm like, well, it's not that good, but you know, you have your people that think it is. That's fine. But yeah. like, but that's a nineties to 2000 mentality. You know where that mentality came from? It's because it was pre-internet and it was pre every business being able to deliver. It was back in the day. And I remember this very well because I grew up, this is the business that I grew up in. You would have a pizzeria and the only places that delivered back in the day were pizzerias in Chinese food restaurants. Mm -hmm. So as a pizzeria, you'd be like, all right, we make pizza. Let's add subs because people are asking for subs. We can get it delivered. Let's add salads because they want it delivered. Let's add yeah. side food because they're asking for it. Let's add calzones. Let's add this. Let's add that. And before you know it, you got this menu that has 400 items on it. And then uh -huh. what happens is Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash introduces delivery to every restaurant. And you're stuck with all those menu items. Yep. And it's way harder now to do that than it was back then when nobody delivered it. You were the mm -hmm. only option. Well, yeah, and that and that idea of like well, we have to have everything. So when everybody anybody comes here, they have unlimited choice. Yeah, and I'm like, I am so adamantly against having choices. Really, like if I had <laughs> yeah. my choice, you wouldn't get a choice. Yeah, really. I agree. Like, hey, this is what we're doing. Be cool with it because it's going to be good. Because once you know they start choose wanting to change, and you know, it's just it's so many. I wonder if you could open that. Like, I've always wanted to try this, but I don't know. I w what if you could open a pizzeria that, like, just sold cheese and pepperoni slices and that's it? Like, just cheese and pepperoni sure. pizza. And, like, make it the best you possibly can around, and that's all you do. I mean, yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> like, as a, as a pizza maker, that's my dream, right? Like, not giving <laughs> yeah. anybody choices yeah. and just doing yeah. the, the way you want to do it. For our brief, uh, you know, period of time this past year, we did our, our slice uh, lunches. So we did whole pies yeah. and by the slice. We, uh, my third and final attempt at lunch at pizza brew. And I'm done after this. I will never <laughs> don't ask. I will never do it again. So we decided that we're going to do like this hoagie and pizza by the slice whole pie program for, 
we were like, all right, let's see if it works on Thursdays and Fridays. And I thought we could get some traction. Yeah. Our, our location is super weird for lunch. It's just never worked. It's on an island. There's no synergy with anything else. And we're literally in between two high traffic uh, business areas that are pretty busy during lunch. Like literally not even a quarter mile down the road. There's yeah. places that are busy for lunch and same thing in the opposite way, busy plaza and everything like that. We're just on this island. So we did pizza by the slice and we did hoagies and the pizza by the slice. We did cheese, pepperoni. We did a tomato pie and a white pie. That was it. And that was all we were doing. Like, we won't change it. It was great. I was like, this is beautiful. And they were really, really, really good. And, you know, people liked it. I think there was some asks for some toppings. I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do cheese and pepperoni. That's it. Like, this is what you're getting. You know, and I was like, man, this is what I wanted to open yes, a long right? time ago. Well, yeah, a couple of years ago, I had this idea for a slice shop. On I remember that we talked about that. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I wanted to do. Like, I just want to be like, here's pizza one, pizza two, three, four, and then maybe have a fifth that's like a rotational special pie. You know, yep. and that's it. And that's it. That's all we're doing. Sorry, guys. And, yeah, you know, that's my dream pizzeria. You just named it right there. Like, I want to be so good that I can say no. Yeah. And, and I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, man, dream, right? I don't know if you could ever get pull that off, but if anybody's out there that can pull that off or is pulling that off, let me know. I want to I want to duplicate it at other places. I think they do it at, like, the 99-cent slice places. <laughs> yeah, but those, no. <laughs> that's shitty, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's so <laughs> shitty. But So, like, yeah, no, we want to do, like, the three fifty to $4 yeah. slice, cheese slice that's like, oh, shit, this is so good. Like, lying like, out the I'll door because do the pizza is so good. Dude, I'll do it. If so, All right, if anybody listens to this podcast – Wants to give me the money to do it in Orlando. Anybody in Orlando? Hey, this is my pitch. Let's crowd. I'm gonna crowdsource that because I want to do it in Orlando too. Yeah, this is what we're gonna do. This yeah. is it. We need a small space. It's gonna kill it. Yeah. And this is all we're gonna sell. Imagine Done. that. That's like the dream. That's my. I, I get asked all the time. Hey, if you could open a pizzeria, what would you do? Especially lately, that's my dream pizzeria. Well, if you recall, um, you remember Pizza Badia when he had. Yeah. Did you ever go? To I never small... went, but I know him. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. The small space that he originally had in Philly, when it was like 300 square feet, that was it. I mean, it was literally, yeah. I think it was like four or five pizzas, and that was it. Like he you sold could like add, 40 a day, right? Yeah, and that was it. I, I got to go one time in, a long time ago to his shop before he did his second one, right before he closed and everything like that. And it was cool. The experience was great. I think we were the second group of people in line. We ordered three pizzas. And I think within 10 minutes, he was done for the night. That was it. <laughs> that was amazing. it. I, that was it. Like the line went through and, you know, we sat there. We got our pizzas pretty quickly. We hung out. And within 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, he was done. They're like, okay, see you at 10 o'clock tonight. So it, is was it. so it is possible then. It is possible. And, I mean, he got a lot of uh, clout and a lot of recognition for that. And, I mean, the pizzas were good. They were good. I, were they gonna, great? You don't have they to, weren't, I don't like, think he listens to the podcast, so I think we're I, safe. I think they were the environment and the experience, even though I waited outside in five degree weather for an hour and a half, was super fun. Yeah. It was super fun. The pizzas were pretty good. Were they the best cheese pizza I ever had? No, I don't think so. But it was really good, you know, and the experience was fun. And I was just like, fuck, this is like a dream right now. I know, here, right? You know? Let's do it. Uh, Bruno, I want to find some investors. We're going to do this in Orlando. God. Low and low cost yeah. to get in the door. You just need an oven and a counter. No, no space for tables. Uh, you know who kind of started like this that I know of? Anthony from Auto Pizza started not yeah, kind of like this. Like he had a couple different pizzas mm -hmm. in his first shop. 
So he has like 13 or 14 locations here in the New England area now. But his oh, wow. first shop was only, I remember talking to him, but it was like 250 or 300 square feet. And he just wow, had room for awesome. one oven, a counter, and he just sold like a couple pizzas on the slice thing. That's it. Oh, so great. And that's, that's how we started. So, well, the, the beauty of it, the simplicity is attractive, right? Yeah. Low inventory, low amount of choices you have to make as far as a owner and a guest really and you know if you just hone that and make you know make it the best it can be i mean you look at the guys like okay so i'll just throw it out like the japanese guys that do ramen and they just do like the one thing yeah and they're super great at it and they it's all they do they won't do anything else they do that one style like i love that like uh, great like that sounds so rewarding to hone that but also in my uh, perspective where I have a machine that just is so many people and I want to add more to it, right? With another location, there's just so many things that I have to think about right. and deal with on a regular bit. Like this is broken. This person didn't show up. Uh, you know, you name it, right? You name it. It's always something going on. So something like that just seems like, I guess, uh, more manageable and just kind of like, okay, only yeah. so much can happen in this little space situation worst case scenario nobody shows up i can handle it yeah and we're just hanging out listening to tunes and you know yeah. whatever Make pizza, you're cool good too. to go right yeah 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 yeah. i think that's that's the dream oh uh, use social media now to get the word out like you're doing are you starting tiktok i think we talked about that before you're getting on tiktok yeah. yeah 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 so uh actually yeah i was telling you before we started that i sent out the login to um so my my marketing manager my wife leela and uh, we have a couple employees that are management management but they're a bit younger I think they're both 21-ish. So they're like, oh, yeah, we, we don't. It was funny. They're like, well, we don't really do Instagram well, but we know TikTok. Like that, they really understood that. And I'm getting understanding of it more just based on doing reels through Instagram. Yes, reels are hot right now. So crazy hot. So we've I've embraced it reluctantly because I'm a big fan of like, you know, a picture is really great and it's simple and you don't have to plan it. I think, I think the planning that goes into doing reels and the TikToks is a bit, um, uh, not, I'm not saying detrimental, but it's a little bit of a deterrent. I think if you're used to Instagram, it's in the moment. It's yeah. just like, okay, that's great lighting. It's a good, it, it looks great. Boom. Take a picture done. The simplicity and the instantaneous, like graphic, excuse me, gratification or execution is really great. Now the reels require a, a lot more, but I, you know, you see what the algorithm is now. Everything's yeah. a reel, everything's TikTok, and yep. it's all videos. And they, I think they just said like, "Hey, we're just going to a video." Yeah, the CEO of Instagram company. just said we're moving from photo sharing app to a video community based app. Yeah. So here's well, a tip. Hey, I'm going to give you a quick time. tip right here. Ready? Quick tip. If you're in the moment, right? So I know reels are hot, and everybody wants to create reels, but they're difficult. Not difficult, but they're more time-consuming than a regular sure. photo. Take your photo, right? There's an app called InShot. Are you an iPhone user? Yeah. Oh, All yeah. right, so there's an app on your iPhone. It's called InShot, I-N-Shot. Okay. Take your photo and upload it to InShot, do a video, and make it a one-second video. One second, no more. Second video. So Is that... Is that like a boomerang situation? No, it's just a video? one second. Go to my Instagram. If you go to my Instagram, Smart Pizza Marketing, the last like six posts I've done have been these one second videos. And what happened? Here's what happens. Uh, Instagram wants video. And the most important factor for video for it to get pushed out to the algorithm is watch time. Not likes, not shares, but watch time. 
Got if you it. do a one second video, your watch time is like a hundred percent for everybody who sees that. Oh. So it's like a hack right now. Like if you're listening to this six months from right, when this I'm, comes I'm out, I'm literally it may shot. not work. I'm literally downloading it. Like, Go to my Instagram. You'll see my videos. Yeah. In shot. Uh, uh, you'll see the, like the last six or seven posts I've done. of just testing it okay. out. And it's got like, you know, anywhere from a thousand to 5,000 views on a video. Okay. And uh, cool. that's all organic. No, po no promotion at all whatsoever. And like, you see the following can't go up. So it's like, a, it's like a quick hack right now. All right, cool. Well, I downloaded it, so I'll be utilizing that. Thank you very much. Yeah. The, uh, the default is a five second video. Make sure you shrink it down to one. Okay. Five don't work, but that's a quick hack. But yeah, TikTok right now, hot. I, I think TikTok is not going anywhere. Uh, you see the age range skewing a lot older too. Like you see a lot of people, like if you sit in an airport and you look at what people are looking at on their phone, I bet you the vast majority of people are on TikTok. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's like a pet peeve of mine. It's like, you know, you got people in the airport, they're just watching videos at full volume with no headphones. <laughs> yeah, put your damn AirPods in, will you? Yeah, I was just like, okay, cool. I guess videos are in because everybody's watching them at full volume next to me, which is really annoying. But, well, that's what TikTok know, does annoyingly is it auto has the volume on. Like if you open, if you watch oh, a reel, God. it's off. You got to turn it on TikTok because my wife will be sitting on the couch and we'll be watching TV and all of a sudden this loud ass music comes on uh -huh. out of nowhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I guess that's, you know, it's the natural evolution of things. I mean, personally, it's like Facebook is just such a dead zone. Yeah. You know, I, I there's no use for it, really. I think it has our information on it. But, you know, any sort of promo or anything like that, it's just we don't even regard it as useful. Um, Instagram, obviously, we, we noticed, like you were saying, the, the real stuff. We yeah. switched over to doing a couple of them. We go from you know, a couple hundred likes to a few thousand views. Yes. You know, when we did a reel, I think we did one with garlic knot, like a, the one I did, you know, on site, we did a, a garlic knot video, uh, the other, the other week. And we finally posted it. I'll tell you what, like our views are right now. It's like probably crazy. Yeah. I see it. Like our views are crazy. So, uh, what's our insights here? Probably a lot, but anyways, it, it's just crazy. It's the only Ow. place right now where you can get organic reach without paying money to more people than follow you. Yeah, like way, way more. I put like, on Twitter today because I, I do use Twitter a little bit for connecting and networking. But I said the three for the next three months and I'll report back the next three months, the three platforms I'm focusing on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube and okay. all for that reason, because it's video based and all three of those platforms are the only three platforms, if you think about it, that give you reach beyond your follower count. Mm. Yeah. So we even talked about doing a YouTube channel as well. I have one, but I've never really used it. So I want to start doing demos. Yeah. Like uh, mainly just like either cooking demos of our stuff or just, hey, you know, just silly things because, you know, people are watching. Like you do your you do the same events that you do out like the demos just video that yeah do it yeah, live, yeah, yeah you know and then that's yeah. like or you do a pizza making class and like don't dumb it down every like you can repeat the same process over and over and over again on youtube i think that would be great for you because then you could sell merch you could sell consulting you could sell products you could sell you know like look at the rock like the rock is obviously famous but yeah he what does he do he leveraged his fame into sure. uh tequila into an energy drink, into the XFL, into a product line of clothing, into shoes. Like he just leveraged that because people knew who he was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's 
that's the thing, right? It's like, how do you leverage your, you know, success in certain arenas to others? And that's kind of what I'm seeing now. I have to leverage that more. And yeah. I haven't, I haven't really before because I don't think I, I really felt the need or had the time. Yeah. And that's where it's kind of like, okay, cool. You know, now we're seeing what people are like, people are interested. You know? Not only that, They're, but like 2020 taught us that, right? Like 2020 taught us that at any moment your business could shut down. What else are you going to do? Yeah. 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 I think I was watching the, um, the David Chang episode of the, the next thing you eat or something on Hulu. And he was talking about yeah, that one. I saw that too. Uh, yeah. The restaurant trees, like I'm doing everything outside of the restaurant because of the pandemic. Like, Hey, you don't know. And you know, yeah. doors could close, but you know, if you have other things, that's great because I think you really need that in order to stay, uh, you know, well, solvent for one, but also less pressure, right? Less pressure that the business is always going to be profitable and making money because you know, there's times where, I mean, it's really not. Yeah. There you go. The Pizza Bruno energy drink, Pizza Bruno tequila, Pizza Bruno <laughs> yeah. clothing. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All of it. Well, I mean, so you're, this is what what I'm wearing right now. It's a local clothing company in Orlando, and I'm trying to do some merch collaborations yeah. with them. I love their clothes. I wear them all the time. It's a company called Duvin. It's it's like a surf, kind of surf clothing company, yeah. but we're talking about doing a lot, you know, merch collab with them, a few other people, just because it's more brand recognition. It's more ways to get out there, and I, I love I have a problem with clothing, so, <laughs> you know, I, I, I may have may purchase too many shirts or, or shoes. So, you know, if Vans is listening, if Vans wants to do a pizza, Bruno collab shoe, let's do it. Don't they have, <laughs> don't they have a pizza shoe? I they, think they I've do. Seen yeah, they, they have prints, they have prints, but you know, they collab with, you know, other, they do collections and stuff. Make a like, cool version of it. Cause that, yeah, those ones aren't yeah. that cool. Yeah. I mean, we have great art, so, you know, yeah. Hey, yeah. just throwing it out there. Just, <laughs> but, you know, that's the thing, right? Like, you know, getting yourself out there and, yep. you know, it's, it's, it's tricky and it's probably uncomfortable for some people too, to understand that, you know, definitely got to get out of your comfort zone. It's hard for people for sure. Yeah. We're, we're doing candles. Next, that's our next thing. Like that smell like pizza. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Like trying anyways. So, uh, there's a company locally wash and wick. They've done candles for, uh, a local cookie slash baking, uh, I guess you could say, com yeah, company called Gideon's. Who yeah, yeah, is, yeah, you know Gideon's. Yeah. yeah, so they're they're in East End, but they actually opened a shop at Disney Springs. Yeah, I saw that uh, about a year. Yeah, so that he partnered with Disney, which oh, is wow. like amazing, right? Like Dreamboat, right? Well, so, Disney had I don't know, not not Disney, but there's another candle company that has like candles that smell like Disney attractions and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he does a limited release of candles that smell like his cookies, like a it so he had um so christmas i'll take uh give you an example of his christmas cookies which i love is uh santa's white christmas which is coconut and coffee and it's white chocolate it's like my favorite cookie but yeah. they only do it in december so they had a candle and it was awesome and then he did a krampus one which was like a peppermint cookie and then he did a peppermint krampus candle and it was awesome they wow. smelled great and i bought them and they were like 30 bucks you know my <laughs> wife's my wife's obsessed with them, so I'm at Gideon's like way more than I should be. But <laughs> you know, it got us thinking. I was like, "Well, heck, we could do a you know a margarita pizza." Yeah. Uh, the, the cannoli was a, a no brainer for us because it's like cinnamon and chocolate and lemon and nutmeg and stuff like that. So we're hopefully releasing those this next two months. So we're going to start with two. I believe the first one will be we'll do cannoli and our K bar pizza, which is fennel, rosemary. 
Um, it has a lot of Fontina on the pieces. It's Fontina mozzarella, so it gets this like kind of buttery smell. So yeah. it's got like kind of these buttery notes, That's and they cool. smell great. And we have label custom labels for them and stuff. So it's just you know more stuff that I think. I mean, I'm buying candles that smell like cookies. I think someone will buy a candle that smells like a pizza. Oh yeah, for sure. Candy. There's definitely so, people out there that would that would do that. I would. I'd buy it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you know, that's just more kind of interesting ways to market um, what we do with whether it's food or the brand. I would mark. I would buy those pizza candles just to trick my kids and to think I'm making pizza, and they come running downstairs <laughs> and like, no yeah. pizza. I, I think like it's it's you know it's tricky because the company I worked with they're like, well, savory is is one. It's a more difficult um, concept to do because they don't really do a savory like the the oils and sensei it's oh, it's right. really kind of tricky so there's certain scents that they they use like a, a like a bread a bread kind of smell that that worked out pretty well and just or like a bacon i'm sure is probably one that's popular yeah they have they have like a bacon so uh but they have you know they, they're like sweet stuff all day you know floral and you know stuff like that herbaceous stuff too was kind of tricky so we did two runs of the candles and uh we were pretty close and i think we're going to release next year with or next month with them that's we cool should. let me know when they come out I'll, I'll share it on my end too yeah i'll take pictures and tag you and stuff like that cool. so i'm i'm excited i think they're going to be great i liked them the k bar one was like the first one was really good the second round i was like oh that was so good because it has a very particular fennel smell too with the sausage that we do yeah. and so they added a licorice kind of tone to it and it was really good you know what you like, gotta oh, do is you gotta oh. put like a qr code on the candle itself to your menu so it says hey when you light this oh hungry, man go right to our menu and order that right Shit, away. i already i already printed the label so maybe i'll put a sticker on the back with yeah. the qr that's a good idea that's yeah. it there you go more marketing yeah, right there you go or market you light the candle order the pizza yeah, or you get the smell going you that. get hungry order right from our menu yeah, there you go yeah 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 yeah. so awesome. it, it, it'll be cool i'm excited for those awesome um, brutal well i've had you on the line for 45 minutes i think i said a half an hour at the beginning so where can people go say hello or follow you or visit you in person if they're in the orlando area so instagram is uh at official underscore pizza underscore bruno so official pizza bruno it'll come up and our web page is pizzabrunofl.com and you can come find us at pizza bruno on curry ford at 3990 curry ford road orlando just google us in orlando you'll find us we have a large amount of google reviews we have a bar stool review if you want to check that out too got a got a seven five apparently that was pretty good for neapolitan um, he don't like neapolitan pizza so yeah 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 i wasn't there i didn't make it and we had that's good that's better than right work in the oven yeah i was like hey we had trainees work in the oven and yeah. stuff so Hey, I'll take it, you know. I'll so, link all that yeah. up in the show notes to your Instagram, the Pizza Bruno's Instagram, your website. And um, if you're in the Orlando area, I, I tell everybody. So I got a lot of people who go to Orlando. I'm like, they're like, where should we go for pizza in Orlando? And I'm like, Pizza Bruno, that's the only place I suggest you go. That's Thanks. It. Appreciate yeah. that. So and we're close go, to the airport too. Yeah. So go check it out. Uh, Bruno, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's always fun talking to you, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. You too, man. Don't go anywhere though. All right. Well, Thank you to Bruno for joining me on the podcast. Again, if you are in the Orlando area, highly suggest you stop by Bruno's Pizzeria. Great pizza, great atmosphere. You will not regret it. And if you missed anything we talked about on this podcast, head over to the website. That's smartpizzamarketing.com. All the links for everything we mentioned will be there, as well as links to our mastermind group. If you need some help with your marketing, you want to check out the products that we recommend or check out Fiero Group, 
all of that stuff, you can go over to the website. If you have a question, comment, somebody you think we should talk to on the podcast, you can reach out to me direct at Smart Pizza Marketing on Instagram or the Bruce Irving on Instagram as well. And don't forget to check out our other podcast, the Marketing Club Podcast. New episode coming out this week. Go subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs>